Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is Tom Nettles. Welcome to this next edition of The Doctrinal Component. We're looking at Luke's narrative in chapter 7 of his gospel, and we have come to the point of seeing the woman who came into the house of Simon the Pharisee where Jesus was dining and began to wash his feet with her tears, dry his feet with her hair, kiss his feet, and anoint them with an expensive perfume. Simon is wondering about this, and so Jesus has told a story that has a point. So we're now to the to the part where we're going to investigate the point of this story. The one who knew that an unrepayable debt had been wiped off, wiped off the books, according to the story of Jesus, is the one that would feel the greatest sense of relief and virtually a lifetime of gratitude for such a merciful manifestation of forgiveness. From then on, Every day of his life would be seen as a gift, free from debt, and therefore free from prison. Jesus did not ask about the relative sense of indebtedness of the other, but focused only on the one who would sense his indebtedness as a forfeiture of freedom and joy in life. Simon answered, perhaps reluctantly, even as A.T. Robertson quotes Plummer, quote, with an air of supercilious indifference, close quote, by acknowledging that the one whom he forgave more would also love more. Jesus confirmed the answer by saying, you judged in the right way. This is a confirmation of Simon himself, but more than that, it is a confirmation of the answer itself. He was saying, according to the nature of the language, a critical examination of this case will yield an answer that is straight, directly consistent with the stated facts of the case. Those who truly love are those who sense the greatness of the mercy of forgiving indebtedness. Now, although it is biblically true that there are intensities of punishment for increasing perversities of sinfulness and violations of greater opportunities for embracing the truth, according to Matthew 11:20 20 through 24, where Jesus says that Bethsaida and Chorazin are susceptible of a greater and more intense punishment even than Sodom and Gomorrah because of their opportunities that they rejected. Even though that is true, that is not Jesus' point here. He is saying that all who experience forgiveness will fully acknowledge the infinite debt that bowed them down, and thus the infinite mercy and grace that saved them. In the reality of his lack of love for God and his diminished knowledge of the greatness of his sin, Simon showed no sign of faith. Therefore, Jesus begins to move into 
an extended description of gratitude as opposed to the rather placid, unimpressed actions of Simon. Jesus calls specific attention to the woman. He says, do you see this woman? In order for Simon to consider her in a different way, quite a different way from his original reaction. He's saying, do you really see her? Jesus compared what the woman did point by point with what Simon did not do. At every point, she manifests love for Christ, which demonstrated the trueness of her faith in him as Messiah. First, she cleansed his feet, probably quite dusty from his day's activity, with her tears. The fact that an eternal Son of God, or the eternal Son of God, had condescended to have human feet in order to walk among sinners and finally to have them pierced, to hold him on the cross, was not lost on her. She worshipped even his feet, washed them, and dried them with her hair. Also, she kissed his feet, demonstrating her unfettered and superabounding acceptance of him in his complete person as her Lord, Master, and Savior. Nothing about Jesus could be repulsive. Nothing could be off-pitting. Nothing avoided. But all of him, as the Word made flesh, should draw forth our absolute dependence and grateful love. Simon had not even given Jesus the customary kiss on the side of his face. Much less would he have considered kissing his feet. Also, the woman anointed Jesus' feet. He was Messiah, the anointed one, and she would claim him as her Messiah by pouring her expensive perfume on his feet. By those feet, he would descend from Pilate's hall as a condemned criminal. By those feet, he would ascend the Mount of Calvary for execution. By those feet, he would be nailed, fixed, stabilized on the instrument of human torture, upon which also the wrath of eternal God came. His feet should be anointed for this priestly work of sacrifice. This woman, who formerly had been a great sinner, now was a lover of a different kind, a lover of true spirituality, a lover of heaven, a lover of the Savior. And she would give all that she had and lay all of her own dignity aside. She would claim no pride of her own, but she would make sure that she would give to Christ all devotion, all love, exuberant gratitude. May God give us grace to do the same. I look forward to our next visit in the next edition of The Doctrinal Component. <music>